As I was listening to Robin sharing, you know, in a sense, she's been in a battle for personal peace, hasn't she? You know, dealing with her husband not well, and, and you know, for, and we're talking weeks, months of time. Can, listen, can I tell you that you can be robbed of your peace when things like that are going on in your life? They can But I want to tell you something, that God is more than faithful. And the God kind of peace is on the inside of us. Anyway, I heard this uh, story, and I'm just going to share it uh, with you. Uh, there was a story of a 10-year-old boy who uh, had been with his grandfather, and he was 95 years old. The grandfather was 95 years old, lived a long, healthy, full life. And so he was with his grandfather, and at the very time he was with him, his grandfather passed away. And so at the funeral service, this young man had the opportunity to share his experience about this because, you know, he was a, that kind of kid. You know, and he, here's what he said. He said, you know, I want to die just like my grandfather, you know, asleep and at complete peace. But I don't want to be like the passengers in the car that he was driving when it happened and they were screaming and wailing. Yeah, and I think sometimes you and I feel like the passengers in the car. And, and we see kind of as, as the, the father part, the grandfather is God in heaven. And he's like asleep at the wheel, if you get what I'm saying. And we're like, God, can't you see what's going on down here? Hello, you know, my life is in shambles. I got this going on. I got that going on. Please help me. You know, and we wonder, you know, is God even listening? I want to tell you right now before I go any further. God is listening. He's more concerned about it than you can ever imagine. And he's got a plan to help help you keep your peace and get through and get to the other side. The question is, are we willing to listen? So often, church, listen to me. Here's the problem. I want to do it my way. Is there anybody else here like that? You know, we want peace. We want God's peace, and we want to do it our way. It's like, okay, Lord, I'm going to confer with you, but I'm just going to tell you this is what I want. Boom, 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 And, and so I can have my peace. Let me tell you something, it doesn't work that way. And in fact, invariably, I've known the Lord for 35 plus years now, invariably, it is never the way I think he's going to do it. It's always a different way because he's higher than our, our thoughts, right? His thoughts are higher than our thoughts. His ways are not our ways. Are we willing to submit to him so that peace can be a part of our lives. And so over the last couple of weeks, we've been talking about this whole inner peace thing. I talked the first week, and if you were here, you saw me dragging luggage around. The idea that we have baggage in our lives, right? All of us do. If you've lived on this earth, you've got some baggage. But the thing is, what are you doing with that baggage? If you're just leaving it closed up, and after a while, let me tell you, closed up, used luggage, after a while, is going to start to smell, doesn't it? You know, and so you got to unpack that thing. you got to deal with it. And the thing is, for you to have peace now, you've got to make peace with what happened back there. And you've got to be able to give it to the Lord. Amen? And so that's all available online. You, you can hear the whole thing and, and you know, learn more about that. We also talked last week about the fact that if you want to have God's peace now, you've got to operate in the fruit of the Spirit of joy and love. And again, that's not you making joy happen, you, not you making love happen, but the spiritual gift of joy, the fruit of joy, the fruit of, of uh, love in your life. Without that, you cannot get to peace. It just, it just doesn't happen. And that's challenging, but you can do it again because God is for you and not what? Against you. He is for you. Amen. And then we ended with the whole concept of this. That if you want God's peace, just like in any war, there has to be surrender. And you might say, well, they have to surrender. <laughs> it's the other person that did wrong. The other person's got to surrender. Let me tell you something. That's not about them. It's about you and the Lord. And surrendering whatever is robbing you of your peace, not to somebody 
but to him, the King of kings and the Lord of lords, the Prince of peace. He's the one you've got to surrender to, and he'll help you. So what are we going to do this week? It seems like we've talked a lot about this, this peace thing. Well, as I was praying about it, and we're kind of bringing this to a conclusion this week, in that, okay, we've talked about the aspect of peace. We've talked about God's kind of peace, which is inner peace, right? That to be at oneness with ourselves and oneness with God, that's really what peace is described of in the Bible. So what can we do today? Well, here's the thing. We've talked about all the different aspects of it. How about now? we begin to have some action steps. You know, formulate what I call a personal peace plan. So, so let me take a, a survey here. How many people here have absolute peace in their life? Just slip your hand up into the air. I got one person in the back. Well, you can leave if you want, all right? And that's Donnie doing the words, so he better not leave, all right? He's just being a wise guy in the back. So the reality of it is all of us want more peace. Do you want more peace? Okay, so the answer is yes to that. So, and the rest of you, I know you're sleeping or looking at your phone, you know, you'll catch up sooner or later. We all want peace, all right? That's what we want. And so what I want to do is give you six aspects of helping peace be more evident in your life. Now, for some of you, maybe all six parts is important to you. Maybe for some, just one or two. It's possible. But I believe there's something here for each and every one of us. Amen? So let's dive into this and, and begin to look at this. First of all, we need to pray for peace. That's something we need to do. In fact, one of the songs was talking about that, right? So pop that scripture up. And it says this, To be anxious for nothing in Philippians, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. You know, just look at that for a minute. Verse 7 says, peace of God, guard your hearts and your minds. How many, how many people want that? Surpass all understanding. Okay, this is what's known as a conditional promise. If only verse 7 was in the Bible, we'd be like, oh great, God's going to guard my heart, my mind, I got peace, no part for me to play. But it says this, to deal with anxiety, to deal with the unsettledness, the war that's going on in the inside, you have to bring everything to God in prayer. You have to. You might say, but God, I got this handled. I've been a believer for 20 years. I don't need your help on this. Oh, yes, you do. Because just because God did something in your life 10 years ago in a circumstance that looked the same does not mean that I got this and I'm going to just do that again and it'll be okay. Can I tell you something? That things look the same doesn't mean it is the same. And so we have to continually go back with our petitions. That's what supplication means. Our petitions are a request. We have to keep going back to him and say, Lord, I need your help in this. You know, I'm anxious about this. I'm worried about it. And elsewhere in Scripture, 1 Peter 5, 7, cast your cares upon the Lord. Why? Because he cares for you. So the idea is that when you're praying, you're unloading, you're unburdening yourself of all the stress, all the anxiety, and all the things that cause you not to have peace in your life. And it says everything, right? Doesn't say everything in prayer. In other words, not just the big things. Everything. Your walk with Jesus should be a daily conversation with him about everything of life. You know, when you lay down to sleep, you're like, Lord, I thank you that I'm going to have sweet sleep tonight. That, Lord God, that I'm not going to be anxious about anything. That while I'm sleeping, you're dealing with things in my life, and I'm so glad about that. You know, and the thing is, you got to do that. you got, you got to pray with purpose. you got, you got, you got to ask God for these things. And then when you wake up and I'm like, Lord, I thank you. Oh, I'm still alive. Praise the Lord. You know what I'm saying? Uh, well, Lord, since I'm awake, you got a plan for today. You know, I'm alive. you got a plan for today. And then, Lord, I pray that you put my footsteps before me and you'll guide my path every moment of my waking day. And, Lord, you know that boss at work? Oh, man, Lord, Lord Jesus, help me. 
You know, Lord, help him. You know, or help her. So the idea is that you're, you're just putting all these things out before the Lord all the time. Having an attitude of prayer. Having your ear, in a sense, to the Spirit all the time. Whether you're working, you're sleeping, you're playing, you're spending time with your family. That you're just having a listening ear. Because God wants to impart to you and reveal how you can have peace on the inside. And I took that survey. Most of you put your hand up when I asked you if you wanted peace, right? So this is how it begins. to Begin to pray for peace. Some of us are praying wrong in this area. I'll give you an example. You know, how many people would love to see peace in the Middle East? This isn't a trick question, right? You know, you're kind of afraid. Oh, do I put my hand? We, we want peace there, don't we? We want peace there. Yet when we look at Scripture, I'm not going to get into this too deep today, but it very clearly says that, 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 that the Ishmaels, you know, the descendants of Ishmael, are going to always be at odds with the descendants of Isaac. It, the Scripture says it. God says, this is the way it is, right? And so here's so, so often I hear Christians saying, well, listen, we need to pray for the war to stop, you know? And I'm like, well, hold it. Jesus said that it's going to carry on. You know, the Lord said this is a, a conflict to the very end. So then how do we pray? Because that, does that mean that pff, there's no point? No, we do pray. What causes conflict today? Differences of opinion and understanding, right? What brings unity? What brought our misfit group here together. Come on now. We're, you know, if you knew my background, I am a misfit. I am the most misfitted person here. You get what I'm saying? What brought me here? What brought you here? And if you're a guest, you're probably not sure you want to stay here now, you know, knowing that we're all misfits. But the point is that, that we're all here because of one reason. It's because of Jesus Christ and Him alone. We're all brought into unity because of our relationship with Him. So how can you and I pray for what's going on in the Middle East, we pray that miraculous salvations happen. That individuals on both sides, individuals in Hamas and Hezbollah, that they have an encounter with the risen Lord. Why? Because that will bring peace in their life in a personal way. And then another person in a personal way. And all of a sudden when leadership in those organizations that happens, all of a sudden it changes the whole tide of things. So if you're praying for some kind of external, hey, nobody fighting anymore, you're fighting against God. Your prayers are going to hit and fall to the ground. But if you're praying according to the scriptures, according to his word, for salvations to come into people's lives, that's where peace can happen that's permanent. You hear what I'm saying? Again, that goes against us because we, we, we just want nobody to be hurt anymore. I get it. I don't want anybody to be hurt anymore. But long-lasting peace only comes through a relationship with him. In fact, if you're within the sound of my voice now, you might be at war on the inside because you don't have peace with God yet. You haven't surrendered to Him and made Him Lord and Savior. See, you're never going to have peace in your heart unless you do that. So I encourage you right here and right now, if that's you, make peace with Jesus. He's already provided a way. He, he came from heaven to earth. We've been singing songs about this. It's Christmas season. Came as a little baby, right? Why? so that he could die on the cross for our sins, for your sins. So if you're here, just every head bowed, just for a moment, and you don't know whether you're saved or not, you can know right here and right now. And it's as simple as this. And just, let's just pray this prayer together. And so for that individual that's, that's not sure, they can be sure. So let's pray together. Dear Lord Jesus, I want your peace. I want to know you personally. And just going to church is not enough. I invite you right now to come into my heart as Lord and Savior and King. 
in Jesus' name. Amen. And if that's you and you made that decision, uh, maybe for the first time or recommitted yourself, please talk to me after service. I'd just love to chat with you for a few moments. But as we go on from this, you know, praying for peace is just so, so important. So that, that's the thing, and having just an attitude of prayer all the time. So let's move on to the next one. We need to speak peace. Now, this is really interesting. In, in Mark 9, verse 39, Then he, Jesus, arose and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, Peace be still. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. And this is uh, out of an account that happened when Jesus had said to his disciples, hey, guys, get into the boat, and we're going to cross over the Sea of Galilee, and we're going to get to the other side. And the Bible says in the middle of the sea, in the middle of the Sea of Galilee, this huge tempest arose, and this storm happened. And and, and even the the fishermen that were were part of Jesus' disciples, who'd been in the boat in lots of storms over the years, they're freaking out. In other words, this is bad. This is really, really bad. And what does Jesus do? Stands up, and he says, peace be still. That's awesome, right? And if we go on and read, it was completely calm, and then they were immediately at the other side. So not only did, did Jesus stop the storm, but they made an exponential trip and got to the shore all at the same time. That's amazing, right? Why do I bring this up? Here's why. Over the last number of weeks, I've talked about the fact that we live in a world full of trials and tribulations. Has everyone kind of figured that out right now? You all know that, right? In other words, life is challenging. There's a lot of difficulties happening. And what can happen is that you and I may settle and say, I guess this is the way it is. You know, this, this is my life. All this going wrong here. This going on here at work. This going on at school. This going on at home. Listen to me. It's not always to be that way. There are times that God calls you and I to speak against the circumstances. And this is really, really important. There are times where you need to endure. It's part of the trials and tribulations of life. But there's other times you need to speak to it. And that's what Jesus did right here, right? He spoke to that storm and he said, peace, be still. In other words, he pushed back against it. And there's times in your walk and in my walk where we need to push back against what's going on, especially if it's of a spiritual nature. When you look at the original Greek of of the language of the storm, you get the idea that this tempest, that it was something that wasn't a natural storm. In other words, it was Satan trying to stop Jesus and the disciples from getting to the other side. Now, there are times where the enemy will rise up against you and through natural circumstances to try to hinder you from getting to the other side of where God's called you to. And you can't just kind of roll up into a fetal position and say, oh, I I guess God's with me. I, I might make it. I might not. Listen, you need to stand up at times and say, Lord, what do I do here? And it's not your words. Now, this is really, really important. It's not you yelling at at. at the storm saying, storm, stop, you know, please, please, I beg you, stop. It's not any of that at all. In fact, if you're doing that, that's like shooting a shotgun off in the dark. You may hit something, but you don't know what you're going to hit. What we're called to do is speak as God directs us. And so as the Holy Spirit directs you in how to deal with circumstances like that, you then speak in the authority and the name of Jesus. So that actually takes us back to our first point, right? We need to be praying for peace. We need to be praying. And as God speaks to you, then you can speak to the storms of your life. Now, are you speaking to Jesus about it? Are you like, God, please stop this storm that's going on? You know, God, please do this. Do No. Did Jesus do that? No. What did Jesus do? He spoke directly to the storm. You have been given authority as a child of God to speak to the circumstances of your life. So I got a word for some of you. I'm just, I'm just going to, you know, this is a little harsh, but I'm just going to be real. Some of you need to grow up. 
Instead of whining and complaining to God, oh God, why is this happening? Why is that happening? Grow up and deal with it. Speak against it. And do what God's called you to do. Some of us, we've been cradled for so long. You know, and we're just like little babies. You know, I think of little Bailey I talked about last week. She gets carried everywhere. Listen, God's tired of carrying some of us. He gave you a pair of legs. Use them. You know what I'm saying? He gave you a mouth. He gave you authority. At the end of all the Gospels, you know what he says to all of us as believers? I've given you authority to trample on serpents. I've given you authority to speak in my name. I've given you authority to pray over the sick. I've given you authority to deal with these things. And so stop talking to God about it. In other words, hear from God what you're supposed to do and then go speak to the circumstances. So how many people have some storms in, in your life right now? You got some storms. All right. What are you doing about it? Are you complaining to God about it? Or are you at a place now where you can begin to speak in the name and the authority of Jesus? Now, it could be your storm is your boss at work. I do not suggest you go in Monday morning and start rebuking him in the name of Jesus. Remember, it's the spirit behind what's going on. But here's what I do recommend. As you're driving your car into work, taking authority in the name of Jesus over that spirit of whatever God directs you, maybe a spirit of jealousy or just, a, just a, a, an anti-Christian spirit, you know, whatever God lays on your heart, and just say, in the name of Jesus, I speak over that spirit that's going on behind the scenes. And to just yell all you want in the car, you know what I'm saying, as you're getting there. And then when you walk into work, you just got a smile on your face, say, I'm here, and you just serve Jesus. Because the Bible says that all the work we do is unto Him, isn't it? So who's your ultimate boss? It's Jesus, right? And if people are in the way of that, then you have authority to speak into the realm of the Spirit. Amen? So I encourage you, if this is all new to you and you haven't really thought about this, listen to me. You don't have to roll up and die. You can stand up and speak in the name of Jesus. Amen. So pray for peace. Speak peace. How about this one? Live for peace. Romans 12, verse 18. If it is possible, as far as it depends upon you, live at peace with everyone. Now, you're like, Pastor Carl, why did you bring this up just before Christmas? I got relatives coming to town. I got, I got people who I don't normally meet. I'll tell you, my mom did this years ago. Back when we used to have huge, she's passed on to be with the Lord now, but, but we, she would have these events, and if there was a lot of people there, we had a big house at the time. So if she knew aunt so-and-so had a problem with uh, niece so-and-so, she had different rooms for them. So you would like say, oh, I've got this all set up for you here. And you put them over there and then put the other people over. Do you know why she did that? You know why. Because if they got together, there was going to, claws were going to come out and they'd be yelling and screaming and all kinds of carrying on. So she would just, just put them apart, right? And, and just keep them from fighting with one another. But God hasn't called us to do that. I remember reading, I just read this story this week, and there was a, a zoo, and it was an odd zoo. They didn't have a lot of room. So what they did, they put a lot of different animals together in the same cages because literally they didn't have enough room. So this individual came and, and was looking at all the animals, and the zookeeper was there, and, and they went up to this one cage, and in the cage was a lion and a sheep in the same cage. And, and, and the, the guy that had just come to the zoo said to the zookeeper, well, how does that work out? You know, do they live at peace with one another? <laughs> and the zookeeper said, well, you know, they do fight sometimes, and when that happens, we just get a new sheep. <laughs> sometimes we feel like we're the sheep and the lion is the world. 
In other words, here we are, we're trying to interact, you know, with, with, with the world and try to do the right thing, right? And we feel like we're just getting eaten up all the time. But let me remind you of a story in Daniel in the lion's den. Daniel, literally for doing what's right, gets thrown into a real live den of lions. And what did God do? Shut their mouths so they could not eat Daniel. Let me tell you something. We are called to be sheep in a world of lions here. And you don't need to have to fear for anything if you're walking with the Lord. He will help you, amen? Really, really important. You know, do the right thing and believe God, he's with you. Okay, so pray for peace, speak peace, live for peace. Okay, how about this? Pursue peace. For whoever would love life and see good days must keep their tongue from evil and their lips from deceitful speech. They must turn from evil and do good. They must seek peace and pursue it. Now, this is kind of a heavy weight on us, right? All of a sudden now, there's this whole list. Like, we got to be nice to people. we got to love people appropriately. Uh, we must not, you know, use evil tongue. All of this, this is hard. How many people admit, is this hard? Especially when you have people that maybe are speaking ill of you or evil of you, or who are not for you but are against you. But God says this, that look at we must be the example. And I love this ending part. You know, they must seek peace. They, meaning you and me, seek peace and pursue it. So I'm going to tell you something that I'm going to bring up again at the end, and it's this. Peace is a person. So who are you pursuing? It's Jesus. You know, you're not pursuing peace for having peace. You're actually pursuing the Prince of Peace, and as you pursue Him, that's where your peace comes from. And sometimes we forget that. We're like, hey, I just want peace and quiet. I just, I just don't want any war, any conflict, any of that. Here's the thing. God says that's going to happen in this world. That's going on. It's just going to keep happening. But isn't it nice that you can sit down in a chair and you can close your eyes and you can say, Jesus, you're the Prince of Peace and I just want to embrace you right now and let his peace envelop you and that you know your peace on the inside and with him. Can I tell you, when you get to that place and you can do this anytime you want, all the conflict and all the other stuff seems to just kind of get quiet in the presence of Jesus. It's just the way it is. I encourage you to practice doing that. Practice his presence because with that comes his peace, amen? Okay, so here's the next one. This is a tough one. Number five, we are called to be a peacemaker. Uh, blessed are the peacemakers for they shall be called sons of God. Many times, we're actually peacekeepers. You know, like I used the illustration of my mom, you know, keeping the family members in different rooms. Well, what was she doing? She was keeping the peace, right? It wasn't fixing anything. In fact, if anything, the animosity got worse year after year after year. But what does a peacemaker do? What's the difference? It's a person that brings those two parties together and says, look it, you had this fight 10 years ago. You don't even know what it's about now. Can we get past this, please? You know, and, and have a conversation and, and, and bring, you know, some type of... <laughs> some type of an agreement, a peace accord or something, you know, where they're not going like, to gouge each other's eyes out. And, and God has called you and I to be that. In fact, that's why he says, if you're a peacemaker, you're called sons of God. Here's why. Jesus came to this earth to do what? To bring reconciliation. And that means to bring peace to all the circumstances. Bring peace primarily between us and God, but also with our fellow man as well. And so we are now called, the Bible says this, ministers of reconciliation. In other words, our job is to be peacemakers in the world around us. 
And let me tell you something. Peacekeepers, it doesn't work. Let me give you an example. The UN. How many people know what the UN? United Nations. They have what's called a peacekeeping force. It was formed after World War II. Now, why did they form it? I believe they formed it for a good reason. In other words, they said, look, we don't want to have another war. So let's have these, these peacekeeper guys and, and have them, you know, if there's a conflict somewhere, that they can get in there and, and kind of be, be the in-between, the go-between between the two factions that are fighting. Now, here's the thing. You can study it. It's been like 78 years that they've been around. Every time they've gone in and they've tried to do their part to keep, keep the peace. But sooner or later, they had to leave. In other words, it would be like a contract. They're there for a year or five years or ten years, whatever length of time. But when they would leave, was there peace? No. Why? Because all they did was keep the two sides apart. There was no resolution. There was no making of peace. It was just keeping the peace. And that's what you and I sometimes get caught up doing, just keeping the peace, kind of kicking the ball down the road. In other words, so there's no conflict today, but there's still an issue in the hearts of the individuals. The only way you can have lasting peace is a changed heart. It's the only way it can happen. So we are called to be peacemakers, to introduce people to the Prince of Peace so their lives can be changed. Amen? Okay, our final one is this. And, and this is the most important. This is kind of an all-round thing. We need to focus on on peace. In Isaiah 26, verse 3, you, meaning God, because that's how it's laid out here, will keep him, which is us, in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed or fixed on you, meaning the Lord, because he, us, trusts in the Lord. This is so mission critical, and, and I just want you to begin to realize that as you begin to focus on peace, that peace will become part of your life in a greater level just going to ask the music team to come up. They're going to finish here in a few minutes uh, with a song called Creation Lullaby. It's, a, it's really a worship of the Lord. And what we're going to do is something a little bit different. I'm going to ask you to stand right now if you could. And I want you, just close your eyes just for a moment, just for a moment. And I'm going to ask you a question. Is there some area in your life that you need to have peace in? And if so, just put your hand up. Okay. See hands raised everywhere. I'm sure people watching online as well. You can put those hands down. So here's what's going to happen. Just, I want you to listen to the words of this song, but as, as the words are being sung, here's what I want you to do. I want you to take a look at every part of your life, and you can do that. You can do that. It's, it's, human mind is amazing, isn't it? You know, just while you're standing there, that you can kind of think about different areas of your life and ask the question. This is the question you're asking yourself. Have I let the Prince of Peace be a part of that part of my life? And ask that honest question. And if it's no, well, obviously, what are you going to do about it? You know, we've given you some, some action steps and some things that you can do. But here's the thing. Sometimes you need some help. We all need some help. Anybody agree with that? We need help sometimes? All right. So here's what's going to happen. As they're singing, and they're going to start playing around here in a, in a, in a few minutes, playing that as they do that, I encourage you to take a step of faith and come up to the altar area so that we can pray for you. You know, you may be having an area where you haven't had peace for a long time. It could be a, a family member, a circumstance going on in your life, and, and, and you're tore up on the inside. You may, you may put on a good front on the outside, but on the, on the inside, stuff's going on. And you want some peace, and, and maybe you need somebody to agree with you to help you through to that place of peace so what will happen is as you come forward and just stand up here 
And the elders or pastors, leaders will come up and they'll stand alongside of you and they'll stand with you and pray with you to get to a level of new peace, the kind of inner peace that Jesus only can provide on the inside. So can we do this? Let's do this together. Amen. So please, come forward. You need prayer. You're not having peace in some area. Let's believe God when you leave here. You have peace in that area. Thank you, Lord.
Father, I thank you that you are the Prince of Peace. I thank you, Lord, that peace is available for each and every one of us. And that peace is found in and through you, Lord Jesus. So, Lord, I pray that we go a little better equipped to walk in your peace, that inner peace, the peace of God that passes all understanding. So, Lord God, no matter what's going on in our lives, we surrender to you, the Prince of Peace. Have your way in and through us to bring honor and glory and praise to you. Let us be a light, Lord, in a world that's pretty dark right now. We just thank you that you are with us, always with us, always for us and always loving us. Just thank you and praise you in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen. God bless you this morning.